awe came upon everyone, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Wonders and signs. That is how scripture refers to miracles. Right? The Lord left people in awe and wonder because of the miracles that he had performed during his earthly public ministry. Now, you're familiar with them, right? He healed the lame and the blind and the deaf. He even brought back to life multiple people. But out of all of the miracles that he worked for someone during his earthly ministry, can you tell me which one was the most powerful? What was the greatest miracle that Jesus had done for someone? His resurrection, that's what gives uh, meaning to all of them. But in terms of his individual one-on-one interaction with someone, what was the greatest thing that he ever did? The Eucharist was beautiful, but that was with all of the apostles there gathered. Someone said healing the blind. Others might say, well, no, it was probably raising from the dead. You know what it was? It was forgiving our sins. To forgive sin restores eternal supernatural life. All of the other signs and wonders, they're fantastic, they're wonderful, but they're just the restoration of some kind of a faculty of the body. Vision, hearing, walking. Or they might be a restoration of a biological life, but you know that life will still someday end. No, the greatest miracle that the Lord has ever done is His mercy. The fact that He can restore spiritual, supernatural, eternal life in a soul that has freely forfeited it. The fact that He can reconcile us to Himself when we've done the unthinkable of saying, God, I don't want communion with you as much as I want this thing right now. Friends, His mercy is His greatest miracle, and it is the miracle that endures. Because it wasn't just those who saw Him walking and talking and preaching and healing that got His forgiveness. No, He ensured that it would be perpetuated through His church. And we read about that in today's Gospel so beautifully. When Jesus had said this, He breathed on His apostles and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Friends, he doesn't give a power or authority if he doesn't wish it to be exercised. It would make no sense if in the letter to St. James he says, confess your sins to one another. And then here he gives this power to forgive if he didn't want that to be utilized. He's made it abundantly clear, but sometimes we're scared to approach the throne of mercy because we think that it's the seat of judgment. And so we keep ourselves distant from divine mercy, that beautiful thing that we celebrate today. Instead of going to that sacrament of mercy and confession, we say, God knows what I've done. He knows that I'm sorry about it. We'll just move along. Instead of giving our souls that great benefit of doing what Jesus bid us to do, to confess our sins to one another and receive his mercy. 
Friends, sometimes we want God to work different kinds of signs and wonders in our life. We want him to just heal our bodies or give us a great job, make sure we have sufficient money, or or to kind of help some people in our lives, but we're always dreaming too small. We say, I want something better for right now, but as for eternity, that can wait. Instead of thinking, Lord, I want the best, which is a restoration of my spiritual life. I want to receive mercy. I want to be able to face everything that has ever kept me from you. And I want you to be able to have all of that dissipate in your mercy the way that a little drop of some kind of a stain, something dirty. We think, oh no, this is terrible. But as we see that one drop diluted into the ocean, that's like what our sins are in the ocean of God's mercy. So often we feel like we're drowning. Between all of, or underneath all of the sins, all of the worries, all of the responsibilities, all of the brokenness, we feel like our head's underwater. And we're just trying to, to, to tread water throughout this life and kind of survive. And the Lord says, don't let yourself be trapped in that swamp of sin. In, in, in a, a kind of struggling through life that doesn't reach out for my mercy instead... Let all that you're drowning in just dissipate in the ocean of God's mercy. And there let him pick you up and raise you to a higher way of living. So that is what today's feast is about. Us accepting the Lord's mercy. But it doesn't end there. Because we're not meant to just be recipients. We're meant to be participants. We're meant to participate in that mercy, letting it take root so deeply in our hearts that we become merciful ourselves. Friends, the greatest miracle that the Lord will work in you is that he forgives your sins. The best miracle that he will work through you is that he give your heart forgiveness for others who have hurt you. Now, forgiveness and reconciliation aren't always the same thing. Reconciliation takes two. And sometimes that other party wants nothing to do with us and we can't change that. Or the other party might be incapable of having a healthy relationship with us. And so we have to have some boundaries. That's all fine. The miracle of forgiveness can still occur because that occurs in the sovereignty of your own heart. So today we can bring to the Lord in this throne of mercy, this altar of grace, we can bring before him wherever we haven't been merciful. Wherever we need forgiveness to change the contours of our hearts. Because very often when we hold on to unforgiveness, it becomes this cancer of the soul. That eats away at any virtue that we could have had. Because when we go to that place in our heart where we still feel the hurt of this person or that one. Where the relationship's still broken. We end up recoiling in on ourselves and making these vows. I will never trust anyone again. I will never trust God because he didn't spare me from that hurt. I will never be able to love fully. I will never be able to be known completely. The Lord wants to banish all of those lies and say to you, I am merciful to you. You can be merciful to them. It doesn't mean you pretend you're not hurt. It doesn't mean that you pretend that what they did wasn't bad and evil and awful and hurtful. What it means is that you look at all of that and you see the Lord's great mercy and you say, you know what? Unforgiveness kills me more than it kills them. And so in my heart, I will choose to love. I will choose to pray for this person. 
And all of us have someone, some broken relationship, some deep resentment, something that we can offer to the Lord with those gifts today of bread and wine. And we can say, Lord, transform what's going on in my heart. I'm still hurt. I'm still angry. But I don't want to be hateful. I want to love. And that way we can receive God's mercy and then extend it as well. To become not only recipients in divine mercy, but participants in divine mercy by letting him work the miracle of making us merciful as well.